Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Jean-Pierre L.E., Izzy Alcafas, and Akash Patel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. This is episode number one. Faulty fall. I'm your host, John Paul Hurley. Joining me this week, Akash Patel. With uh, You got a little, uh, people can't see you, but you got a little bit of a front pony going on for a minute. Yes, sir. Uh, our editor, John Mosier, has been editing out all of my F-bombs. And he said, I've, I've turned into a bad boy, so I'm just trying to complete the look. <laughs> the bad boys, all the bad boys have front ponies. Yes, sir. That's what uh, all of Gen Z is doing right now. Also joining us this week... Izzy, the Pharaoh Fantasy Alcafoss. I should say Izzy, the dishes doer. The dishes watcher. Not literally doing the dishes, but you're doing it as a metaphor. Like Izzy does the dishes. He's cleaning your team. But instead of dishes, we, we will not be talking about dishes this week. We will be talking about some trade targets for teams that have decided to pull the plug in the season. I almost wanted to do like Izzy, like record like an infomercial on this. Are you struggling every single year with your dynasty team? Do you always find yourself at the bottom of your division? struggling to win always with those mediocre players and never great draft picks well guess what on the dynasty trade calculator podcast it is time to pull the plug starring izzy elkafas and akash patel here are some trade targets for you that was beautiful that was amazing a little bit of a sitcom-y infomercial thing yeah Mm -hmm. but uh, so we're gonna do those things and we're also gonna do some other things right we're gonna talk about some akash you had a great topic i like this one some quarterbacks with some uh, crazy value swings. Absolutely. Some wildly swinging quarterback values. I like that. So let's yeah. let's get into it. What do you got? What do you guys want to do first? Um. Uh. Go ahead. Go Gosh, ahead man. What do you think? No, you go ahead. Um. So I was just thinking some like fallers. There's some injuries like Mac Jones and Dak Prescott, and some guys falling because of performance like. Russell Wilson, a little bit Matthew Stafford, and the big one being Justin Fields. And there's also some guys moving up a lot, like Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungvaluwa, and Jalen Hurts, all young guys. So that's always great to see because they're going to rock it up in top 24, top 12 fantasy assets in Dynasty Superflex. Great segment. Let's move on to the next one. Didn't it kind of sound like you covered it all and we're like, we're good. We're good here. Nice job, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys can talk about it too. You know, you guys yeah. uh, buying or selling the movers. One of the ones that's most compelling to me is the Trevor Lawrence one. Um, I think in the calculator after this most recent week, he has moved up into the into a top 10 dynasty quarterback slot. And I think it was probably like that after week one as well. Um, but he's kind of still trending upwards. Izzy, what do you feel about that? Do you think that he still has some more gas in the tank? Can he continue to move up? Or do you see it? Is this like a plateau for him? Uh no I I mean it, man he's a 22 year old in his second season with a wasted season with Urban Meyer I think he's got the right staff around him um I, so I'm optimistic I mean he is the for people out there that keep using the same term but it's recycled generational talent right uh so I, he definitely got room to grow I would like to see him run a little bit more but. He's got it in him. It's not like he can't. He's not He's not immobile, right? So we know that he's got some juice. We just need to see the juice be used. Squeeze that juice a little bit, you know? So I'm definitely not capping him where he's at, which is currently, I want to say he's quarterback nine. Now, here's the question. Uh, outside of Kyler, I don't see anybody they could really pass. And he shouldn't pass Kyler. Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Jackson, Burrow, Hertz, Murray, Watson. I think, has he reached his, at least for the short term, for the next couple of years, has he reached his, his ceiling on where he can be? Uh, close to it. I, I think so. I mean, outside of uh, insane jump in both volume and efficiency, I don't think he can become like a Herbert. Like he could but it's uh, on the outside of his range of outcomes and so right now i definitely think he's hitting uh the higher end of his range of outcomes in terms of where he was after his rookie season because he's actually playing pretty well 
Um, and I thought there was a chance that he wouldn't play well after his horrible rookie season. Uh, but he seems he has been on the rise. And honestly, where he's for, where he's at right now, Dynasty Superflex uh, tight end premium at fourteen, I think it's pretty close to his ceiling. Like even if he he's having like a a Burrow esque season, if he does ha- end up like that and ends up where Burrow was at the end of the first, he's already pretty much there. So you you have my QB fourteen right now. No, no. Right now on the calculator, he's 14th overall in Dynasty Superflex Titan Premium. Yep. Okay. Yep. But I think that's more of a, it's not so much Trevor Lawrence playing well. It's a lot of the top end guys that were being drafted highly or at least valued highly in Dynasty have really struggled out of the gates. There have been some. Yes, absolutely. Some guys like, uh, like Dak and Russ and Stafford were all going similar or higher. Yes. Yeah, but not just, let's talk about positional players. Yeah, positional players too, somewhat. Positional players. Like Swift has, outside of his hot start, he's fallen off, right? Najee's fallen off. Mm-hmm. Yes. CD Lamb has fallen off. Yeah. Um, well, we've seen some guys make some, make some leap, leaps, not as much as they maybe should. Like, who though? Uh, Amon Rod, Waddle, Drake London, Mark Andrews. Right, but not enough to be top 14. May, I mean, yeah, not enough to there. be top 14 Superflex. They could get there, but they're not there yet. So mm-hmm. more have fallen out of the top 14 in order to let Lawrence in than he has earned that spot himself, per se. Yeah, I think so. Or well, I think it, it is a little bit of both, too. I'm, ch- I'm checking out the historical value on the site here, and it looks like since the season began, Trevor Lawrence has spiked up a little, you know, enough to mm-hmm. put himself there. And he, he is surrounded by guys like Tua, that is kind of like within two or three points of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I think we said Dak within like four points. Like I think Trevor has gone up from like that 12 or 13 quarterback tier up into that seven or eight, like himself. But also, yes, it is uh, attributed to the play of the guys around him a little bit too. Just a little bit of both. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's similar to what we saw in startups over this off season where you have the first round of guys or almost a full first round of guys. And then a drop off, and you have the second tier of guys, which is honestly a pretty flat tier. And Trevor Lawrence is squarely in that tier right now. Where if you put it, if he was at uh like twenty ish instead of fourteen, there'd still only be a couple points of value difference between where he is now and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now here's one. This might be kind of like a segue to the next quarterback for the uh, value upswing guys. Um, starting with Akash. How do you feel about Jalen Hurts and his uh, kind of like spike up in value also? Are you, are you a believer in that? I, I, it seems like he's the real deal to me, but kind of curious to see what you guys think. For Hurts, I was not big on Jalen Hurts for a while. Um, but with his weapons uh, and, saw, and his passing numbers as well as the r- rushing numbers over the first few weeks, it's looking pretty legit. Like, at, like in the Eagles team as well, is looking legit. And so... I don't think this is a team that's going to be looking to replace him anytime soon, the way that a lot of people were worried would happen for since he basically became the starter. And so with him jumping up into the first round, I don't mind it. Izzy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, thinking uh, if this continues, Shane Steichen's got himself a head coaching gig. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to deny how well he's played. Like, I would say, like, first week, okay. Second week, maybe. After the third week, it's really hard to expect anything less than what he's doing moving forward. Like, yeah. He's, he's third right now. I, I think he's firmly entrenched as a top-five quarterback on the season as long as he doesn't get hurt. And that's mainly because he's created so much ground over the guys that could keep pace with him. You got, you got Tua Carson Wentz at five and six, and then you got a drop-off to Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts pretty much has 30 points over the field. Hold on a second. I think we're I think we got some confusion with our the top five and six here. They're two and Wentz are I'm talking about in scoring. Oh, like you mean points for the season? I got you. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, and scoring. So then you got Kyler. So he's like 30 points clear of Kyler through three weeks. And it's hard to not I mean, is assuming health here. It's hard to envision him falling out of the top five at this point. Even though it's after three weeks, but the way that he's playing and how poorly some of the other guys have looked or at least inconsistent. Now, Justin Herbert's hurt. So if Hurts finishes Herbert, Herbert, yep. 
if Hertz finishes, who's not Hertz right now, finishes top five, <laughs> then I don't know how he doesn't go into the next off season as a top six ish dynasty quarterback. I mean, he kind of he is right now at the at the, right. at the time he is currently ranked as a uh, number six. I can see him jumping Burrow and being top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, we're I think we're at the point where we can put Hertz over Burrow, honestly. Well, like he's putting a lot of the I don't want to say bed. that. Don't say that he No, he can, why not? I think it's reasonable to suggest, but I he's, wouldn't he's say that that should be the expectation. Them. Well, I get that, but that's not the that shouldn't be the expectation. Why not? You know, like Car- Carson Wentz is outscoring Herbert too, but we're not doing that, right? So, we can't right, just Right, but Hertz outscored Burrow last year too. Right? Or at least they're neck and neck. They're pretty close. And the only thing keeping Hertz down was his job security concern, and those concerns should be pretty close to assuaged by now, and they will continue to do, be so. Yeah. And if we're gonna get a, we're, like, I want to be aggressive with a guy with the capabilities of Jalen Hurts, where you have a QB one ceiling, where you don't have that with Joe Burrow, and and uh, if they're gonna be like about e- equal in scoring at median, and we don't have these concerns for Jalen Hurts. At the end of the year, if Jalen Hurts continues this trajectory, he's going to be ahead of Joe Burrow, maybe by mm-hmm. quite a lot, if Joe Burrow continues to struggle. So let me ask you guys this. Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray are pretty close in Dynasty, with Hurts being ahead. But I still think a lot of Jalen Hurts owners, I think conceivably, would take a Kyler in return. Would you, would you try that at this point? For me, it's a yes. But I'm curious if, if you and Hurler are on that as well. Yeah, I'd try to get Kyler. Because you may not like Burrow because he doesn't run enough for you, but Kyler... Oh, yeah, I, I mean, love Kyler. I would definitely be interested in trading for Kyler right now, and I think trading Hurts for Kyler is very viable. Would you do it? Yeah. I would. I still like Kyler. Hurley? Yeah, I would. And it's kind of like uh, you're cashing out. Yeah. It's like you, you got hot. You went on a little bit of a hot streak on the table. And I'm coloring in. Okay. So do you guys think Hertz continues to do what he's doing? I think there's a chance of it, but we're not super confident in it. Like, I don't know. Then again, like there's, there's too many variables to say that because we're kind of betting on Kyler coming back up, I think. Yeah, I would. I feel comfortable doing that. And Hertz uh, to continue where he's at. At 30 points per game, probably not. But I can definitely see him finishing top five. Like, I, I've slandered Jalen Hurts for a long time, and I think it's time to be right about at market with him. Okay. So what about for teams that, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, for teams that aren't contending, would it make sense to dump Hurts to get Watson plus? Yeah, I think so. I would do that. I don't know how I feel about Watson. I don't know if I go that direction. No, mm-hmm. no. I just want to like. It's been so long, man. It's it's like Watson when he comes back, he can probably squelch the doubters pretty quickly by a solid performance or two mm-hmm. out of the gates. I just I I really in order to to be able to like give up such an asset like Jalen Hurts, I would need to see more. Um, need to see something. I, I have to be a believer. I I just don't know if it's going to be. What do you mean? What is he going to look like? Well, what's Watson going to look like when he comes back? But by by the time Watson comes back, the price depreciation's gone. If you're gonna buy now is the time, and I would do it uh, to sell him to get Watson plus right now, because when Watson plays, if he's returning to form, he's a top five quarterback. And so yeah, but we're also saying that Hurts kind of is too, though, right? So what's the? I think there's risk on the Watson side more than the Hurts side. And that's kind of where I was gonna go next. Hurley's more concerned that Watson isn't gonna be as good as he is that Hurts is going to lose his job. Yeah, I mean, we also have a long, like a large, large sample of Watson being a very good quarterback, even though he's a horrible person and I hate him. And I wouldn't mind if he tore his ACL the second he stepped back on the field. It's unprecedented, like what he's doing right now. He's coming back after such a long break. And I just really wonder, like, have you guys seen a lot of like uh, off-season stuff from him? Like, is he in good shape? Is he been sticking with it? I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing too, but I just think it's been kind of quiet for me. Yeah, it has been quiet. I don't know. He's not, I don't think he exactly wants to be very public 
right now and I wouldn't if I was him. I would never show my face in public again if I was him. I agree. It's probably smart to kind of massage the situation. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. That's that's a cheap shot. But yeah. No, I would... I you gotta. I'm like separating the fantasy from the reality with Watson, and I have shares of him. And so, even though he's a horrible person, uh, there's a long track track record of him being a very good quarterback. And so, I don't mind making that move to get him. Yizzy, I got it. Hmm. I got it. I did it. What do you got? I did it. What you did? The right play is to sell Hertz for Watson. Maybe could you get change or no? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Need change. Sell hurts for Watson plus, and then I'm going to resell Watson just before he plays because I don't feel good about it. But I think just before he plays, mm-hmm. he's going to have some hype and it's going to come yeah, on back. That's valid. And then you kind of negate that, yeah. the risk of hurts going back down. Yeah, that's the same thing with the whole Acres idea when he tore his Achilles and being so- sold for nothing. Yeah. Yep, and that uh, buying injured can lead us into our next segment of like Mac Jones and. Dak Prescott. I was talking to my friend earlier and he floated the idea of trading like the Daniel Jones, Mariota, Carson Wentz archetype of quarterback for Mac Jones right now. And I think that's a viable move because Mac Jones seems to be set to miss quite a bit of time with mm-hmm. a high ankle sprain. Um, and long term, I don't love Mac Jones, but I think there's a almost guarantee to see your, your value increase if you buy Mac Jones right now. And Dude, it's, he's Konami code now. <laughs> I saw that rushing touchdown. Yeah, I know you saw that run and the yeah. and whatever the hell dance he was doing. I know. Konami, Konami Mac. Konami, Konami. McCorkle. But right now <laughs> with with those quarterbacks, like Wentz, Daniel Jones, Mariota, etc., I'm not sure if they're going to get a starting job after this year. Like, I'm not even confident in it. And so to make that move, I think it's a very strong move, if you're, especially if you're looking to hit the reset button. It's basically Wentz, yeah, Wentz. I would do for any of the, those guys, even Goff. Yeah, like Goff, well, yeah, Goff's another Wentz, one that Brady, I was talking about. Tannehill, Baker. I mean, Baker. Baker? I don't yeah, Baker. I don't know. No Baker's one's taking crap. Baker. No. Yeah, Winston, Daniel. Who's taking Daniel Jones though? Like, who wants Daniel Jones? Anybody Me. still want Daniel Jones? I want Daniel Jones. No, you don't. Daniel you Jones don't. is tied for my most rostered quarterback, along with Lamar Jackson and the Rapist, because he rushes. But but he doesn't not, throw. He's not a good quarterback. I know he's, he's not horrible. a good quarterback. I know, I know. You don't have to tell me, but quarterback spot plus rushing. So and I did want to Akash Akash just to kind of like uh, put a bow on what you're talking about too. I plugged in mm-hmm. those players in the calculator, and it looks like it would probably take about a mid second with Wentz to equal Mac Jones's value. I'm not sure if people mm-hmm. would do that, but that's like from a, a value standpoint. I would. That's interesting. I would. 100 out of 100 times. No, would Wentz you trade is a, we Mac know what for Wentz that? Is. Would you trade Mac for that? No, God, no. Like I, we, know, I, we know what Wentz is. We know That's what, what I'm is. saying. I wouldn't do that right, if yeah. I have Mac Jones. That's what I'm saying. That's tough. Oh, yeah. Maybe if you like, you could sell it to a contender, maybe. Uh, after Wentz's last game, maybe not, but I, I don't know. There's definitely a buying opportunity right now for Mac Jones. And if you can upgrade one of your not-have-a-job quarterbacks into Mac Jones, I'm fine with it. Because I don't like Mac Jones is probably never gonna like definitely almost probably never gonna finish top five probably never finish top twelve he might sneak into the top twelve sometime in his career but he is almost guaranteed to increase in value between now and when he comes back to playing and when he when he is playing he's valued I don't know if it'll return to this way but he's valued around a first rounder or a future first maybe not twenty three yeah. first. Uh, but he'll be he'll be worth the first when he comes back, so I like that trade. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's a buy too. Um, but I've kind of always been on that train. In the same pocket, are you still buying Zach Wilson? Yeah, I'm still buying Zach Wilson. He's kind of slipping right now, out of sight, out of mind. I remember, like, say, I remember, like, it was a while ago, but it was a couple weeks ago. People were talking about. Is Zach Wilson even going to be a starter when he's healthy? Yes, he's going to be the starter. Come on. Let's not, let's not lie. Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Zach Wilson. Hurley? Come on, let's shoot for some Zach semblance of upside. Yeah. Zach or Mac? Come on. Um, let's shoot for some upside, guys. 
I like Zach better. I like Mac. It's Mac. Let's go. You Mac. chase medians, Izzy. That's why you like Mac. Dude, I, I Zach sucks, bro. Like, he's he sucks. He's ba- he's you know Baker. I mean, you got, you got Baker. You we already know what Baker is. We're gonna we have another Baker. Like, no thanks. I'll just take Mac and hope that he's a top ten quarterback. I don't think has Mac even been good this year. Lamar. Who Mac? Yeah. I dude from if you watch the games, I see a quarterback. You know what I mean? I see a good quarterback. He has two touchdowns and five interceptions. Neato. If you watch the games, I see a, you see a good quarterback. Like once they once they actually get an actual offensive coordinator, once they actually get legitimate weapons, he's he's a good quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind that he's a good quarterback. He how good how good said, I don't know. Uh, he he got he had a his second highest rushing yards in a single game on Sunday and his first ever career rushing touchdown. And right now he has fourteen no thirteen point seven ish fantasy points per game. Yeah, dude, he's a, he's a second year <laughs> quarterback with no offensive coordinator Christ. and no weapons. Like that's so bad. His best receiver is Jacoby Myers. Do you oh, not have an issue Jacoby with that? Jacoby Myers. Right. He's the best. I know. But so let's shoot for some I mean, semblance of upside with Zach Wilson, who has good weapons and has mobility. You can't fix the suck. Maybe he sucks. Maybe he doesn't suck. Okay. Are you guys yeah. ready for the next segment yes, of the podcast? Please. So the savior that's coming in is trade targets for teams that are planning on bailing out of the season. Uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Akash. Akash, who are a couple of trade targets on some of your squads that you're bailing out the season on? Yeah, I'm looking to convert my roster value to younger guys with a lot of upside. Um, like a, like looking at wide receivers right now and also Kyle Pitts, who sometimes is a wide receiver. Uh, like looking to move my move out from some older running backs, most likely if I'm looking to pull a plug on a roster I thought could contend. So I'm looking to trade right now um, for guys like Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I still think are too low in the calculator at 12, 15, and 14, respectively. Also looking to buy, uh, just continue to buy these rookies like Chris Olave, who had a great game, but still only 20th. In the calculator, um, Traylon Burks who hasn't they popped yet. Hmm? Like, who, who who would you confidently put some of these guys ahead of? You said, was, was it Amonra at 12 is too high or too no. low? Yeah, Amonra's at 14 right now. Amonra's at 14? Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, and so, then, I mean, there's a lot of guys ahead of them. That yeah, like Diggs, kind of... Devontae, Debo, Tyreek, Pittman, Lamb. You'd rather have him over all those guys? Maybe not Pittman, but yeah, all those guys. Like right now, rest of the season in redraft, are you putting Amon Ra inside or outside your top eight? Are we saying, oh, rest of the season in redraft inside mm-hmm. top eight? Yeah. Are we saying, okay, so not including the first three and weeks? You don't, have to, you don't have to list out guys, but the idea, you get the idea, right? You put them at eight-ish, say, right? Seems reasonable, right? Um... Here's here's my only concern with Amonra, is what happens to the passing game when Jameson comes back? Is it they just continue to pass is, he, is, he, is he just yeah? Is it just replacing DJ Chark or yeah. is he going to start getting significant looks? No, it'll it'll replace Chark. Because if he's just replacing DJ Chark, then he's not getting enough volume to justify him being drafted in the first round. Um, as a rookie, it'll it's fine for him to get Chark-ish volume. Like a lot of rookies don't command massive yeah. target shares. I'd be fine with. Like if I saw Jamison Williams have like fifteen to eighteen percent target share on his on a high A dot, that'd be absolutely fine. It wouldn't impact Amon Ra's volume at all. Like I said this on Twitter the other day, and I love it because it's a fun line. The sun god bows to no one. It doesn't matter when Hawkinson and Swift come back. It doesn't matter when Jamison Williams comes back. Amon Ra St. Brown is a bona fide target hog, and he'll continue to be so. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that very well could be. Um, I like Amon Ra. I have no issue with it. Yay. I would prefer all him over all of those guys, mainly because yeah. they're beyond what I'm comfortable holding from an age perspective. Absolutely, right? yeah. So, I mean, and rest of the season, like just production-wise, you could probably not say that there's not much of a difference between Amara and these guys. And Amara's in his second year, finishing probably inside the top 12, top, top six maybe. I think he's a correct. great buy right now. And I think you can 
say Amonra, yes, you could justify him being ahead of those guys. However, for me, like a guy like Garrett Wilson, I'm not I'm not there yet. No, you don't think so? I mean his first no. in his first uh three games of his NFL career, he's had eight targets, fourteen targets, and ten targets. Uh and this is all without playing a hundred percent of the routes or even close to a hundred percent of the routes. This this guy has the potential to have uh, a Justin Jefferson-esque rookie season from a volume yeah. perspective. But wouldn't you want to buy high on that, knowing that's the ceiling? Where at the end of the year, no. if he continues this, he could be in the he could be a first round dynasty pick. That's the ceiling I want to chase. Yeah, the problem with doing that is he's come off to a hot start. So what absolutely. you're doing is you're buying. At some point, you buy into ceiling. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So that's what I'm doing. We don't know where Garrett Wilson's ceiling is with Zach Wilson. And how long they're going to give Zach Wilson the rope for? So like, no, we don't. But if you're looking at Garrett Wilson right now, like he looks like an absolutely phenomenal wide receiver. You you can't doubt the talent. We're just saying the the talent yeah. over <laughs> the situation. And so if the if he's just earning targets left, right, and center, I mean the production's going to follow. I want to see Zach Wilson in the game with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson to mm-hmm. see where that ball goes. Yeah, I was about to say Elijah's a, a buy too. I'm, I'm yeah. interested in so, buying both these guys. I want that. So I think Elijah and Garrett Wilson from a talent perspective are not that far off from each other. I, I thought that coming into the season, honestly, but I'm willing to say that I was wrong based off of Garrett, of Garrett Wilson's very hot start. I, I still like Elijah. I think he's a buy, but I think Garrett's the alpha here. I think Flacco might prefer Garrett Wilson, but I would not be surprised if Zach Wilson preferred Elijah more. So um, for me, I want to see them both. I like buying both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: I'm getting one at basically half of the prices of the other. Yeah, but you can buy both of them. Like if Garrett Wilson's at 15 right now, and then Zach Wilson comes back, continues to hyper target him. You don't think Garrett Wilson goes up he, to the top 12, top eight, maybe even top five wide receivers if he's doing this as a rookie? My concern is I don't think he will. Even if you think that it's possible that it doesn't happen, wouldn't you want to buy into the ceiling, knowing that? Okay, I'm getting this guy right now. Uh, let, let's say right now he's like a third, fourth round startup value. Uh, and then you say, okay, if this continues and he continues to get these targets, he ends up as a first rounder come this offseason. Yeah, I think with certain quarterbacks, they prefer certain players. Just how it is. They're, they have a comfort with a certain player. It's like why Billy Volick and Drew Bennett, every time Billy Hurley would know this, you're probably too young for this. But every time... Billy Vola came in the game. Drew Bennett is a wide receiver one, top five, top five wide receiver. And it's just the way it is. It was Vic and Finneran. Was it Brian? Was it Brian Finneran? I remember him. Yes, Brian. Yeah, Vic and Brian. It's like everybody's got like, it's weird, just weird stuff. I mean, everybody's got their cup of tea. Maybe Joe Flacco's cup of tea is Garrett Wilson. We saw the end of last season. Maybe Joe Flacco's cup of tea is Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson's really good. Yeah, but but we saw Zach Wilson. His cup of tea was Elijah Moore, because Elijah Moore is really good. Like these guys can both be right. on the same team. Yes, they could they, be. They are this year's Jamar Chase and T Higgins. LFG. They could be, but I'll take the guy that's cheaper. I'll take both of them. I like buying both of them right now. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. And then also Drake London is the other one who I said who right now is my dynasty wide receiver four. Like like four like overall wide receivers. Yeah. Like so ahead of. Ahead of who? Well, everyone except J.J. Chase and A.J. Brown. So ahead of Waddle? Yeah. And Higgins? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Hey, he's so, like, he's an elite, elite prospect. And then I didn't, I don't know, I wasn't as high on him on a redraft. Maybe I should have been. But he comes into this year playing alongside Kyle Pitts. He's leading the team in routes right now. And has, uh, let's see, I had this pulled up earlier. He has a 33% target share on the season. He has point. He's a 43% uh, target rate, targets per out run. He has a yards per out run of 3.7. Like he's not gonna finish with a 43% target rate on the season, but he's out out to an amazing start to his career, and it's just gonna continue to uh, his value is just gonna continue to go go up as people get more comfortable. I'm very comfortable being aggressive on the market knowing that if this guy finishes the season in top 12 he's gonna be in the he's gonna be like what what i said for Garrett wilson ends up in the first round of uh mm. dynasty startup drafts so you're trying to tell me that 
both Pitts and Drake London are top 10 dynasty assets. Yeah. Probably top eight dynasty assets. Top eight? I don't know. There's a lot of quarterbacks, but uh, they're getting close to it. Yeah. And who's, who's going to support Bryce two top eight dynasty Young. assets? Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, right? They're also young, yeah. so their value is not predicated on their quarterback at all. And so these guys are 21 and 22 right now. No, I don't even think Pitts is. I think Pitts turns 22 on October right. 6th. He's still 21. But if you're drafting two players that are both pass catchers and you expect them to both return first round dynasty value, one of them is the wrong answer because they don't have the cast to support them. They're, they're both so young and they're both so incredibly good. Their value right now is not based on their points per game. Their value right now is based on their future value. And yes, their future value is predicated on getting somebody that's going to be able to facilitate. This isn't like falling into a position where you have Joe Burrow being able to support two receivers. And we still haven't seen him support two receivers for a full season at the same time. They did well, but neither they weren't both worthy of top 10 dynasty selections at the time. It was just Chase that you know took the cake at that point. Part of uh, Pitts, it's helped that he's a tight end, and yeah, that's pushing true. his value up. Like if Pitts was a wide receiver, he wouldn't be a top, he wouldn't be a top ten dynasty asset. You don't and think so? Yeah, it's true because he's getting pushed up because of the scarcity of the position and the fact that uh, points per game at the tight end is not the same as points per game uh, at the wide receiver and tight end premium. Mm. It's definitely it's definitely uh, about equal. But Pitts is definitely getting pushed up because of the nature of his position. And so for him yeah. to support a top uh, wide receiver and a top tight end is a lot easier than supporting a top uh, two top wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. assuming that quarterback. Hurley, you were going to say, and I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. So it makes me wonder how many times throughout the course of history that there actually has been that scenario where there's a top 10 wide receiver uh, and tight end on the same team. Uh, in Kelsey. Dynasty, and, and I keep thinking about like, yeah, Kelsey, Tyreek, would that be close enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you need a Mahomes to support that. Yeah, it's right. Tough. Yeah, so we're kind of expecting a Mahomes esque quarterback, right? Yeah. What about Maybe. um Gronk? Was was uh no Gronk never really played with Moss. He played with uh he played with Edelman. Edelman was uh had one top twelve season, I believe. Not sure what you. I don't know if he's yeah, ever but... in the top ten Dynasty though. No, not top top twelve in dynasty because he was. If you're talking about dynasty value, I don't. This is a contrived ish question because there's a lot fewer top tight ends, and so you're not only asking a team to have a top yeah. tight end and a top wide receiver. You're asking like just first they need to have a top tight end. Kelsey does come to mind, yeah. but I think Adams and and Waller would be the closest thing right now. Um. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And well, yeah, they're not gonna. Drake and Pitts might be the closest thing right now. Yeah, Drake and Pitts, but they're not gonna finish. They're not gonna <laughs> nah, finish. And I get it. You're projecting forward, but we have to. We have to hope that they get the right coaching staff. That's not gonna make Pitts a decoy. So we need to get over that, and mm-hmm. then we need to get over the hump of actual finding a quarterback talented enough to support too. Uh, their value insulation is also really high because they're both really young and. Right now, like, I've uh, had this idea in the past that the best thing to predict, like, young wide receivers' dynasty value isn't their points per game. It's, like, target share, PFF receiving grade, yards per route run, et cetera, all that advanced stuff because that's what people look at when they're evaluating these young wide receivers. Everyone's going situation. They're always going talent over situation. And so when people are making their rankings over the offseason, they're not going to be looking at whether or not this can happen. They're just going to be like, okay, these guys are both so young. It's so good. Look at this. They both had this target share. They were both had uh, this yards per run, et cetera. If they can get their quarterbacks sorted in the next couple of years, they can be top five, top 10, top 12, et cetera. I'm calling it the DJ Moore phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the problem is you're always, yeah, you're going with, I'm okay going with one of the two being like, hey, this is the guy that's going to be the target hog in, in the offense. This is kind of who I'm projecting. But it's kind of hard to say I'm moving Drake London fourth and I have Pitts as a buy even though he's the number one tight end by infinity. It's just kind of like 
I don't know. I think it's like pick one and go with it. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's not tough. saying that Drake London can't be good. I just don't know if Drake London can be four top, you know, top five and Pitts being one with the variables that need to be filled. It's just too big of a risk for me because the equity that you have to put in to acquire both to players, to have both players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the equity required to do that is not one that should be taken lightly. It's not just like, oh, if it doesn't work, not a big deal. Yeah. I'm um, chasing the ceilings. Because at some point, your equity needs to produce points. You know, you can right. put the equity into those players, but eventually, you need the production to hit. I, I will say, I think the most important thing right now, uh, especially in this segment, we're talking about resetting. I think the most yeah. important thing is their end of year value. And I feel confident in their end of year value. At least confident in the ceilings of their end of year value. Like Obviously, if Drake London was to get hurt next game or something he won't end the season as a top one as a top uh first round dynasty pick but i could see it happening where both these guys are in the top 12 at worst in the top like 20 ish top 16 uh that's kind of me hedging but i'm down to get aggressive on these guys is drake london even 21 yet or is he still 20 he's 21 21. two 21 year olds one's about to be 22 who are just really good at football and mm. shit i'm down to get i'm down to bet on that okay also i'm wearing my you falcon suit right spend now. a lot spend a lot of roster equity if you're going for a rebuild if you if you're going for a rebuild you're giving up a lot to acquire both those players yeah right so yeah. the advice of saying yeah go get these two guys you're you're giving up most of your roster equity to acquire those players at their current values um a little bit right now I think Drake's actually very affordable for what he's going to be at the end of the year. Uh, but also, you don't have to buy them on the same team. You can if you want to because they're both great players. Yeah, a high 23 first for, for London, right? And or flipping him for like a Tyreek Hill. Oh, I would take Drake right. over Tyreek easily. You, I think you would too with the age. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'd have to, but I'd probably just take Drake and flip LFG. him for another young player. Right, yeah, and if you're looking for, right, and this is part of it, you know, you don't have to yeah. hold Drake London. I mean, th- I think this is a very strong uh, bet to gain market value, even if you don't want to hold him for the long term. I would recommend holding him for the long term, but even if he gets to the, what I say he could and gets to like a first round value, I'm absolutely comfortable spending mm-hmm. a, a extra if I need to upgrade him into an elite quarterback. That's fine, yeah. because, you know, like we say, these wide receiver twos, if he is a like if he's a wide receiver two, like it's pretty replaceable, a lot less replaceable than I mean, sorry, a lot more replaceable than like a Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good bet to get gain market value. And in this segment, that's really the main thing. Yeah. I wanna fit I wanna finish this this off because we're kinda running a little bit long, but I wanna get your guys' idea. I think it would be a disservice to our listeners. Uh we kind of have a tendency to bring this up every year around this time of year, Izzy. Hmm. And it's uh just kind of like an overall strategy. I think it's smart to, in this type of segment, go after as soon as you possibly can. If it's after week two, after week three, as soon as you flip that switch, you got to be the first one to market for this. But you, you, yep. you got to go after the injured players yes. and you got to yep. go after Hell the yes. uh, free agents. Upcoming free agents. Yep. Mm. Uh, free agents is a good one. I, don't, I never consider that. Can I say something? Yep. I, have a, I, have an, I have a hypothetical yeah, for you guys. Ahead. I can, off the top of my head, only think of one player in the 2023 class who I would take above Drake London right now. You I, you were it got me thinking when you said high 23 first or Drake and I would take uh, only Bijan Robinson over Drake London. Yeah, I don't care about the players. I I I care about more about the position of drafting like 101, 102, 103 and the reason for that is right yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Well, 101 or like Drake or like 102 or Drake like I would only take the 101 over Drake London because it's Bijan. Yeah, I'd much rather in a situation like this take Drake because he's a known commodity and he's and flip him for a receiver that I really like that's a little bit cheaper potentially. That's really tough. I would take I'll take the 101 and get me Bijan uh assuming he doesn't get like like assuming he declares which he definitely probably definitely will and like he doesn't get hurt or anything. But I'm taking Bijan Robinson just because he's a guy who's mm-hmm. uh in, insane rusher insane is a really good receiver and yeah. he's he's basically gonna be like a 21 year old like saquon like rookie saquon when he hits the field 
I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's what everyone says, but really close to being true yeah. as a level of prospect. And that's a lot harder to replace than a wide receiver. So I, I would take Bijan Robinson, but then the I would take then after that I would take Drake London. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not too concerned about comparing him to the the twenty three picks because they're just you have your you have your pick of the litter now. You can go after picks and you wouldn't just get one, you'd probably get several. Mm-hmm. And you can go after players. And in this situation I'd probably just go after players that I really like. Yeah. Twenty three first are getting hard yeah it's just yes right so i look at we talked about him elijah moore is a easy buy for me Mm -hmm. um completely he's the the more the last three weeks since wilson's kind of balled out the last couple weeks i look at elijah moore now as the forgotten man they expect him to be the wide receiver too his value is depressed i think elijah moore is a great buy for any rebuilding team um i think sky Moore is Mm -hmm. it's his value is low enough now to where the risk reward factor of this is worth your time. Yeah, so definitely. if you give up what you're conceivably what you should be giving up, if you lose out on that, it's really not going to change your future outlook. But if he hits the way that we expect him to hit long term in that offense, mm-hmm. then the upside is massive. I'm seeing him in the calculator around guys like Hopkins, Renfro, Gallup, and I'm thinking, wow, this is a smash buy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Izzy, I think that warrants being added to the list, too. I, I think we probably have talked about it before, but like underperforming rookies, mm-hmm. impending free agents, and injured players, I think, are like a, a well-rounded target list for teams that are rebuilding. You, if you fill your team up with those guys, especially if you own your own pick, and you yeah. got a team filled with injured players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break the mold a little bit and go with a running back. I'm very interested in buying Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't like buying running back, so I would never do it. On a rebuild, the rule is never buy a running back. No, yeah. But he's he's 21 years old. Yeah. I think he's a good bet to gain market value as the season goes along, takes over the backfield. I mean, we all agree on what a great prospect he was. But his value is starting to slip a little bit because, you know, people love the instant gratification. So, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I said this, I must have said this 100 times by now. It's like, we shouldn't be surprised second rounder doesn't start week one, but he'll take over the season. He'll take over the backfield as the season goes along, and he, I think he's a great bet to increase his market value. Like, rule of thumb, buying running backs, like, yeah, it's a faux pas, but that's because when people say, I'm buying running backs, it means they're buying, like, Joe Mixon or something who's 26, or, like, Dalvin Cook who's 27, like, that kind of stuff. Don't buy them on a rebuild, obviously. Yeah, I, yeah, I just feel like when you're rebuilding, you're rebuilding for a reason, and one piece isn't going to get it done. So flipping your assets to acquire Brees Hall, you're flipping one of your major assets to do that and right, now you're yeah. holding on to a running back you probably need several more pieces so the thing that you need to be doing in a rebuild is if you want a running back that's going to gain value that's young and could see a value value bump maybe you target like or shot white with a leonard fournette injury or mm-hmm. you target uh, even like a kenneth walker who yeah, i'm interested in buying you know uh, like Rashad white you know like maybe kenneth walker is even a little bit too expensive for my taste mm-hmm. yeah. but i would be targeting even james cook if you think that he could eventually take know. the backfield, not even like James Cook, but his values come come down again. For Brees Hall, it's like uh, market value. Because like if you're rebuilding, yeah. then yeah. like say you have your team that doesn't have a lot of depth, but you like and you say, okay, I can't compete with this because I'm starting wide receivers who aren't good, for example. But you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley who are top who are valued in redraft right now as top three running backs. Right. I mean, right now it's Saquon, it's uh, CMC, JT Saquon in redraft. So people who are looking for points are will spend up for these guys. And you say, OK, let me get Brees Hall plus because Brees Hall is lower than them. As Brees Hall continues to take over the backfield and in his rookie season where he's only 21, at the end of the season, he's probably going to be higher than them in market value. So if I'm rebuilding and looking to gain market value and looking to gain youth, I'm interested in, in acquiring Brees Hall. Yeah, I won't get into it for the sake of time. Uh, I, I, I disagree. I, I agree. The, the theory makes sense. I just disagree in terms of that would be the target that I would go after. I think there's less of a a value gain to be had. You you basically need in a rebuild to go for the two in the bush. Right now, Brees Hall is 32nd, 32nd on the calculator, like overall Dynasty Superflex tight end premium. If he takes over the backfield, I think 
I think at worst his uh like the hype around young young running backs will just get him into like the second round as he and if he really takes it over and really has a strong finish to the season yeah. like like a Jonathan Taylor I think he can get into the first round of uh startups he could he no he 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 won't I mean that, like, that... that's then that's kind of like same thing with the Drake London and Garrett Wilson that's the ceiling I'm looking for all right yeah so he, yes technically he could but the margin we have such smaller margins at that at that value that you don't take the one in the hand and flip it for another one in the hand you need to flip the one in the hand for the two in the bush you need to go for the two or three if you're rebuilding you're more than i'm talking about just flipping the assets and making sure that you diversify okay you're saying get like your you get a few players get a big package of players because then what you're doing is you're you're spreading your darts around yeah you 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 give yourself a lot more avenues to hit and win Correct. that trade. I definitely I love trading for packages. I'm with you, but also just objectively looking at Brees Hall's market value right now, he's a buy for me. Yeah. So a great example of this is instead of going after uh, Brees Hall, you go after like a Traylon Burks and player plus a second round pick. Or for example, hypothetically, yes. I'm not saying that that's exactly what I do, but. Yeah, I guess. Burks plus plus. Yeah. And then Burks, if he hits, could be valued higher than the one player you traded away. And then you also got these pluses that could also Correct. hit. I'm with you. I understand. Correct. I trade so, for packages. But Burks is a good buy. I think Burks is yes. a great buy. He's like the the receiver that is a rookie that isn't performing all that well. I think, but he's he yeah, finally he's, got he's getting the routes. He's he's yeah, out there. He finally got the routes this week. Um, like I said, Elijah Moore and Traylon Burks are probably the two receivers that I'm targeting the most in mm-hmm. a rebuild right they're buy they're easy it's easier to buy low than buy high yeah which is why those two are attractive and one that's dirt cheap that i still really like is nico collins like he's not gonna break he's not gonna change your your team okay but i think he's um, yeah, he's so cheap that you don't need to so you don't need to hit a home run every time but but i want he to. can get you a single he can get you a single right so you take your singles here you could take nico collins and just Flip him later as he ascends, because I think he will. And if he doesn't, it's worth nothing. But I could see Nico Collins having the same trajectory as like a DJ Chark early on in his career. Where like people got super excited about this tall, lanky, rangy guy that scored that had big splash plays. And that's Nico Collins. So there is a path there for good flip value. And he's super cheap. Right, but when you have Brees Hall and your ceiling is a first overall startup pick, but when you have Nico Collins, whose ceiling is DJ Shark, it doesn't matter. You're still getting equity that you're flipping. You don't need to to, to flip your team. Right. The you difference can't, you is you can't that... turn every single acquisition into a top ten pick. It just doesn't work that way. Right, but when I'm looking to buy yes. Brees Hall, it's because he was a really good prospect. Who I feel we're, very we're, confident in hitting. When I'm looking at Nico Collins, I don't see anything strong from his prospect profile to his rookie production to his the beginning of his second year. I don't know. I just wouldn't waste my time. He's worth he's worth nothing. He's a worth reason. a third. Yeah, he's worth nothing for a reason. This is a player that is worth a third round pick. Spend your third round spend that market value on backup running backs who have a chance to who have a chance to hit. Which, yeah, give me an example, and I'll tell you if I agree or disagree with that backup running back. Because I, I agree, once again. Uh, I'm looking for Nico Collins in the calculator, and I'm just scrolling and scrolling. Found exactly. It. Exactly. <laughs> and then, all right, 2.5 in the calculator right now. Okay. Um, right now, he's around Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Pacheco, Doncho Hilliard, Naeem Hines, Eno Benjamin... Uh, Kenneth okay. Gainwell, Isaiah Spiller. So, which one is those? What What are those running backs outside of Madison now that Cook is is banged up? Jamal but he Williams, might play. solid. Jamal Williams. Yeah, but I I would take them all. Okay, what are you trading Jamal Williams for, Akash? People want to trade for running backs like that. They don't want to trade for Nico Collins. They don't want to trade for him now. Just like nobody wanted to trade for Romeo Dubs when he was being hyped in training camp, and guess what? He's being moved for a second right now, mid second. And he's Romeo Dubs. Right, because he's a shiny... Yeah, because Dubs is a shiny exactly. new rookie who plays exactly. with Aaron Rodgers. Nico Collins he's a shiny, is he's a shiny new anything. It's... Nico Collins doesn't produce and plays with Davis Mills, and he doesn't have the vacated target arguments. It's about the new 
player that's that's popping off. It's about that. It's about that guy. It's about the when people were going after when people were talking about DJ Chark being worth nothing, right? And then every single time it's like, oh, it's DJ Chark, it's DJ Chark in a shitty offense, and he yeah. ascended, and it's DJ Chark with the same profile. Most of the time, your DJ Charks look like Paris Campbell's, minus the injuries. Exactly. But you know what? You, you, take, you take the third that you'd spend on a shitty rookie pick that you're going to get, and you take the guy that's getting on the field as a rookie and as a second-year player. Do you want the guy? Do you want the maybe shitty rookie, or do you want the definitely shitty Nico Collins? It's, no, he's not the definitely shitty Nico Collins. He's not the good. chance of a rookie pick. He's the chance never, of the rookie pick. Never been the good. chance of a rookie pick seeing the field. The amount of times that Nico Collins is seeing the field is probably like five percent. Do I want to draft Nico Collins and his very in his wind sprints? He runs out there. He he plays like seventy percent of the snaps and he gets four targets and turns those four targets four targets into like two catches and six points. I don't care about that. You're talking about the now. This could change later on. It hasn't changed. He's done this for his entire career. Going back to college, he's never been productive. Yeah. So anyways, as we've been talking, <laughs> Hurley's laptop died. He doesn't have his charger. Apparently it's at work. He's not a true gamer. He's on his, he's on his gaming laptop and he doesn't even have his charger. His impending free agents is Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard. Those are the guys that he's targeting. I don't disagree with any of those guys. I think those are all solid buys kareem hunt maybe a little different just because i think he ends up in the same situation where he is in a committee backfield so it's the same thing but the committee backfield he's going to be in isn't going to be as good as the browns backfield yeah so, he can lead a committee for sure yeah so i mean yes there, there could be some chance there but he's now going to be a 28 year old running back so you'd only be doing it if you're saying, I'm going to rebuild and next year I'm going to be able to contend. With Madison Pollard, I think that's a different conversation because I think there could be enough excitement there if they land on a team because they're, it's the great unknown. Like, oh, what if Alexander Madison or what if Tony Pollard is the guy? Um, so I'm on board there. I think those are three decent running backs. Um, I think that's good because we've gone really long and we didn't even get to the <laughs> the running back segment. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's okay, but we don't have to talk about running backs. It's the first episode. There'll be plenty of more to come. <laughs> this is a fun uh, one. We started, we started the journey with Hurley. We did not. We lost him along the way. <laughs> he couldn't but, stand our arguing. No, he, well, the, his laptop couldn't. His laptop was 100%. It just died. Yeah, no his reason. laptop died. His sure. Laptop. <laughs> um, but yeah. So the game over? Is that how long we did this? Uh, it was a bad game, so I don't think I don't think it matters. Your boy C Lamb scored. It's not. No, it's, it's not, not over. over. It's two minutes left. Let's um, go. So, episode two, I think two forty four. We'll catch you next week after week four. Bye.